Hello and welcome to the Knowledge Without College podcast. This is your host, Patrick Butler, and today I have an incredible conversation to share with you. I just had the opportunity to speak with Lee Adams. Lee is a veteran, he's an entrepreneur, and he is also an expert at lucid dreaming. He's been teaching the subject for over 20 years. Lucid dreaming is super fascinating to me as one of the kind of altered states of consciousness that humans can experience. Uh, I talk about this and more with Lee. We really dive in deep here. He has an incredible new book coming out uh, called A Visionary Guide to Lucid Dreaming, Methods for Working with the Deep Dream State. I highly recommend you check it out. And I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. So please, without further delay, here is Lee Adams. Hey, Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a real honor to have you on the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's a challenge to get on here uh, due to my own personal issues, but I'm glad to finally have made it. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to make it happen. And, um, you know, I think the audience is going to love this one. So uh, let's dive in. Um, for the audience out there who maybe is not familiar with your work just yet, could you tell them a little bit about yourself and what you're up to? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I, I have a pretty diverse background um, education wise outside of like normal uh, college education, but I also went to college and stuff too. But, um, you know, my, my primary focus I'd say in life is to learn through um, experiences, specifically ones in altered states, um, dream experiences. So most of my uh, personal passionate work is based on um, lucid dreaming, uh, dream exper experiences, uh, altered states of consciousness, exploring that kind of topic. So that's been a primary motivator for uh, a good portion of my life now. Um, but I was, uh, you know, I served in the military for 14 years. Um, I'm an entrepreneur as well. I have other businesses um, in other communities that I'm part of, but, um, you know, going back to like the passion of my life, you know, it's been, uh, learning through dream experiences primarily. Um, so, you know, I, I have a blog, uh, tailors.com and I'm releasing a book with inner traditions, um, on May 4th for, uh, specifically lucid dreaming and, um, trying to assist other people to maybe have those experiences if they decide to. Uh, the whole concept of altered states is very interesting to me as well. And particularly, you know, dreaming is a unique one, you know, with, I've, I've had other guests on the show who we've talked about psychedelics and those kinds of states and, uh, you know, even different types of trance states, which kind of have something leading up to it. There's like a very clear trigger, whether it's a drug or some sort of like hypnosis or something like that. Whereas with dreaming, it's so unique as one, everybody does it. And two is it's just a 
very hard to quantify experience. Um, you know, I, I oftentimes walk away from a dream, you know, maybe I remember it for 20 minutes when I first wake up and that's about it, you know, and it's a very bizarre experience. So, I mean, bring it back to the beginning for us. What was it for you that even piqued your curiosity in this space and then led to you, uh, you know, sort of opening up this world and trying to explore it, uh, you know, to the depth that you have? Yeah. Um, well, you know, um, you don't know, but <laughs> um, I was a, I was a kind of prolific dreamer as a little kid, you know, like I, I had very um, just out there, bizarre dreams that were very detailed. Um, and I would tell my mom about my dreams and, you know, bless her heart. She wouldn't usually be annoyed at me telling her these bizarre stories that were happening at my, uh, while I was asleep. Um, she encouraged me to kind of look at these dreams and try to, uh, understand a deeper meaning of them. She was a very religious, she is a very religious woman. So, uh, most of her like direction kind of came out from, uh, Bible stories, you know? And so, you know, in the Bible, there's, uh, dreamers and, um, they may, tell the future or things like that or um have some type of insight in there and you know they have these kings and asking i think it's david about his dreams and you know they they spent a lot of energy and attention on that topic so you know as a child having your parent kind of encourage you to look into these dreams and the experiences that you may have in those as being important it kind of redirected my attention to see dreams as something that is really important to people, not so much as, you know, um, in today's culture, we kind of ignore this experience that we all have, but, um, you know, having that encouragement definitely attributed to me paying attention to these dream experiences. Uh, you know, as I got older, I realized that not everybody is having the same dream experiences that I have really no one's having the same dream experiences that uh, another person has, but in the content of me being able to recall them. So in such detail, that was kind of an interesting thing that I found that other people weren't really able to do. And also um, having these more uh, conscious dreams, uh, lucid dreams, you know, I, I had awareness in the dream experience where I realized that I was dreaming and um, uh, no one really, taught that to me i had kind of had to figure it out on my own um and this is pre you know internet day so there was the internet when i was growing up but it wasn't like um very available and so i didn't really understand that there are other people that could have these experiences um and then getting into school and stuff i eventually met up with some friends of mine that uh well they became friends but we connected on the dream level we uh, they also had lucid dreams and it just so happened that we met up and we started talking about these experiences and how they relate to us. So that really drove my passion for dreams and trying to understand these experiences more. And um, that continued, you know, for a good uh, portion of my life. And then uh, around when I was 26 or so, I started having uh, sleep paralysis experiences with hypnogagia. And that's essentially kind of having these in-between state experiences where you, you can't move and um, you know, you're, you're paralyzed essentially, but you're experiencing this normal phenomenon that happens to people when they go to sleep. 
Uh, most people are asleep during that period of time, but I happen to have been awake and experienced like visitations. Uh, that's a term that Ryan heard. He was a sleep researcher uses as well. Um, essentially uh, having visual experiences, auditory experiences while you're in hypnogagia and interacting with that. And that was really challenging for me. And I, I it opened my eyes to this, um, you know, these experiences and how real they can be as well as uh, it's just like another level of realism that you can experience in a lucid dream. Um, and it also refocused my attention to have a desire to get, um, you know, more education um, through books, through uh, mentorship, through like Ryan Hurd, who, who became my mentor, I'd say, um, and really asking those hard questions that somebody else may be able to answer for you, you know, and get additional knowledge so that I can build a framework of what ha is happening to me. You know, most of it was out of a necessary uh, desire to try to understand the experience for me, you know, not really what is happening to other people. I, I'm more was concerned about myself. Um, and then, you know, that expanded. Uh, I went to college eventually like formal education um, and really didn't learn anything about lucid dreams in that, uh, in that space, because, um, you know, I, I was very interested in, I studied psychology, but what I realized is that not a lot of, um, educators are actually educated in sleep, primarily even in the psychological realm, uh, and dreams, they tend to kind of stay away from that. So, um, you know, I ended up, uh, having to do, uh, self-directed studies essentially where I'd read my own, uh, I design my own class and stuff like that. And then have a mentor again, essentially, um, giving me feedback, but I learned a lot from kind of having that mentorship and direction in, in that way. And it led me to eventually, um, seeing, uh, connections between psychedelics, like you brought up, you know, and sleep and dreams and altered states and all this stuff. And, um, you know, and my approach towards, uh, dreams and connecting to them kind of changed over time as well to the point where, um, I felt, you know, I was ready to kind of, ex uh, express myself in, in written form to other people and get some feedback on my ideas and stuff. So that's kind of how it formulated into a book eventually. Very interesting. And there's so many things I want to dive into there. Let's, let's start uh, briefly, you know, I, you mentioned how you wanted to sort of start to understand these different terms so that you could understand what was happening to you, which I think is, you know, super valuable for anyone to try to quantify whether it's your emotional feelings or uh, what have you, like where you can, if you can apply some sort of label to it, it can help you sort of digest and understand these, like, these strange feelings better. Um, and similar to that, I, I want to see if you could define a couple terms, you know, one very simply, uh, lucid dreams, like, what is that to you? Um, you know, uh, I'm just thinking in the perspective of someone who maybe, maybe they've heard of that before, maybe they've heard the term, but maybe you have a unique definition on it. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes, you know, people apply, uh, lucid dreaming as controlling your dreams, but that's not the case. Um, lucid means to be aware, you know? to bring some form of consciousness, conscious awareness to a state, right? So if you're um, lucid dreaming, you're essentially bringing additional awareness to the dream state. And, um, you know, oftentimes 
that really just means bringing your focus uh, attention to something. So, you know, you can be un you can be unaware of many things throughout your day, you know, eating food, um, you know, taking a shower and things like that or whatever it is, you can be unaware of that. But if you are able to bring your focus to that experience, you know, mindfulness, you could call it, then the experience becomes a lot more richer, right? You get like um, kind of this feedback almost from the environment, right? So, um, so in that sense, you know, lucid dreaming is bringing awareness to the dream state in um, hopes, you know, that eventually the dream will kind of communicate back to you, right? And it does. So um, that's kind of my definition of lucid dreaming is essentially the basics of, of just bringing awareness to the dream and not really implying that you have any type of control over or anything like that. Like that's not necessary in order to be lucid. Got it. Got it. Could you expand on what you meant when you said visitation? Yeah. So like in hypnagogia, um, as well as all other dream experiences, um, people, um, well, I'll, I'll go to hypnagogia first. Hypnagogia is essentially that in-between state that I was talking about where, and there's also something called hypnopompia and hypnagogia is when you're falling asleep, right? And you have these experiences of um, sleep paralysis, you may have auditory um, experiences such as like slamming doors or popping sounds, or sometimes it sounds like a train, uh, oddly enough, and uh, ringing bells too. Um, they're, they're all associated with uh, hypnogogia and hypnopompia. Uh, often people describe like um, psychedelic, like visuals, um, uh, fractile, uh, different colors and things like that. But again, kind of get intermixed there so um but during these states um you can have what people would you know scientists or researchers would say uh visual hallucinations right auditory visual uh and even physical sensations of having some type of entity another being or a sense of another thing inside of your room or in your dream experience stuff like that um so anybody that's ever had that experience, um, they get a sense of feeling and emotional feeling almost from uh, that contact. And I was implying that you could have these visitations during dreams because I've also had those same um, uh, visitations where I get a feeling, the same feeling that I get while I'm um, having hypnogogia and or sleep paralysis. And I get that feeling and I would call that visitation. So, and they vary, um, you know, uh, from say shadow-like figure um, to people that look maybe like uh, they passed away. Um, and they also maybe alien-like, um, a lot of like alien abductions and stuff like that can be attributed to sleep paralysis. Um, they've done studies on abductees where they put them in sleep labs and they watched them. And at the time that they were talking about um, being abducted, uh, the researchers uh, claimed that they were in sleep paralysis, you know? So they were experiencing the paralysis experience of sleep. And then they had um, this abduction-like experience. I've also had similar dream experiences that I quantify as being abduction, you know, type alien encounters. So, um, so there's a, you know, basic kind of concept of, uh, um, visitation. 
Got it. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot to unpack there. I know, man. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's just, it is fascinating to hear about it because, you know, there's, to just go to that depth, I think is just on its surface, very interesting to me, just because, uh, again, it's such a mystery that everyone wakes up every day. They, they have some sort of dream experience the night before. And it's rare that people, uh, you know, spend much time thinking about or digging into this state, which is, you know, it's common amongst all of us. And it's the most bizarre part of our day, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. So where, you know, like you mentioned sort of your, your early listening to the dreams and, uh, or, you know, sort of getting that encouragement from your mother to, to sort of expand on that and think about deeper about that. And then meeting other people who, you know, also lucid dreamed what, what's the drive to, you know, uncover this stuff? Is it just pure curiosity or is it, uh, you know, because I think for me, one of the daunting things would be like, will you ever get a solid answer out of any of it? Right. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a great uh, question and also conclusion that you may come to, you know, like what is the value in this? If you can't quantify anything, you know, like, um, is it real? You know, how, how do you even determine if it's, uh, you know, real in the sense, um, or, you know, how, how do you even communicate to other people the experience that you have, because maybe their experience is completely different than yours, you know? Um, and that's something that I think has challenged me most of my life in these experiences is like, how do I, um, you know, how do I get firm kind of a sta standing ground on this dream experience? Um, so, um, you know, that, that's a challenge I'd say for each individual that explores this. And also where does the, where does the drive to have these experiences come from or th to ask those hard questions, you know, like, why are we interested in those things? Um, and so I even premise my book based on the, the, that thing, you know, like, why do you want to have these experiences? Why did I want to have these experiences? And I still really don't have the answer to that besides that it's an internal drive that I have to explore this subject to its fullest, you know, and, you know, it's, uh, some people, you know, they have a passion for other things, you know, and, um, they explore those subjects to the fullest they can as well. And I think in doing so, they find um, a deeper understanding of themselves and their relationship to reality. And I think dreams are just the avenue that I took in life to kind of come to that place, you know, the meeting place of myself. And so I would say it's an internal drive, maybe unconscious even to the point that um, any time that I've denied myself um, to explore this subject as deep as I possibly could. And my personal life has just fallen apart. And um, I never, I felt like I was, I was denying something and I felt like I was uh, not continuing on a path that was bettering myself. Um, just a sense of loss, you know? And anytime that I explore these subjects with myself and my friends, that are interested in the subject, I felt really energized and just full of life and like I was on a path, you know? And I think a lot of people can kind of relate to that. And so, um, you know, in, in, in following those feelings and following the path towards dreams, a lot of things have presented themselves that I never really expected, you know, like a relationship to 
uh, my dreams and what that means in relationship to myself and what that means. And so it's really been beneficial to me to explore that. And I think anybody that follows a path, you know, that they're passionate about will, will find the same, find the same thing. So, um, I'm not sure if that answers that question. Yeah, no, it's a, that's a great uh, answer. Uh, that's, that's more than enough justification. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, sort of building off that, what, where do you th- see uh, the sort of the current state of research on this subject? You know, this is one that I find is just so interesting because again, it sort of goes back to the human experience in general. And uh, I'm, I'm a avid history student, you know, sort of, uh, and I've been diving through the classics and the ancient, you know, texts and stuff uh, like the histories and even like, you know, you see in like the Odyssey, like uh, where it almost feels like the, you know, ancient Greeks, Romans, they document sort of how dreams would come up and someone would have a dream and they bring it to like an interpreter. And I wonder if this is one of those things where maybe we used to know more about it than we do now uh, or have a better understanding of it than we do now. Where do you feel like the, the field is at as far as like a, as a science, as an understanding of what, what is actually occurring? Yeah. Well, um, you know, dreams don't really fit in a box very well, like you kind of talked about at the beginning. Um, so having a, you know, materialistic uh, quantification type um, study on dreams, I don't think it really provides too much besides saying, um, you know, they, uh, similarities and dream experiences, um, you know, really understanding like the states and stuff that people can experience, you know, like here's the sleep cycles, here's how long a sleep cycle lasts, you know, and this is abnormal or whatever. Um, that's beneficial in the sense that, you know, you can diagnose someone with having like a sleep disorder or something like that. Um, but it really doesn't do anything to the, the content of the dream, you know, like, yeah. um, Dreams are unique in that they're they're not like virtual reality, you know. I'm a virtual reality gamer. I enjoy those, and um, you can get lost in the the VR, but you're not having it. Um, the the VR is not really like directing emotional experiences, and they're also, you know, it's not tactile and things like that. So um, there's a level past like the physical that the dreams uh, are conveying, and and in a sense, you know, I, I tend to think that dreams are more of like a relationship with a person versus like a, a thing to analyze, you know, um, if you could imagine like a scientist coming in your conversation with your best friend and starting to nitpick, um, all and quantify all the words they're saying and, um, the content of the conversation that you get really annoyed pretty quickly, I think. And also you'd be like, you're missing the whole point, you know, like, yeah. this is my friend. We have an emotional connection here. And, um, this isn't, you know, something to really analyze You're, You would never get to the, the core of the conversation, you know, in the relationship that you have with your friend. So I think the same thing goes with dreams is like, um, you know, do I think that we should explore them and study them? Yes, absolutely. But I think that um, that's only a small portion of what really is there. And it's missing the, it's kind of missing the point. You know, um, a friend of mine, uh, Ryan Hurd, mentor that I talked about, he, you know, he, he reviewed my book and he's like, uh, he brought up something that I never really expected. In it and he's talking about um, this myth, this personal myth in, in the story. And today, you know, when we look at myth, like the, the Odyssey and stuff like that, that you were talking about, 
we generally think of it as just a story, you know, and there may be some life's lessons in there or something, but there's more to a myth than just, um, uh, than just story or make-believe. Um, and it associates to like imagination and um, symbols and stuff like that. And the Western world and even pretty much the entire world at this point has a really poor relationship to symbols and myth uh, because we discredit it all. We think it's pointless. It doesn't bring us any value really, but, um, but that's a, you know, that's, that's an error in logic. I think myth is kind of how we run our lives, you know, and we're very mythological creatures and we like to, and myth isn't just, um, a written word it's a relationship that you have to the the experience of the character going through the story and stuff like that you're actually the character you're actually experiencing the story in your real life and most of the the myths are actually about um not you know gods and stuff like that they're actually about the psychological experiences that we're having in our relationship to those things Absolutely. as well as like spiritual and stuff so a dream experience i think is a personal myth it's a it's having a conversation with your friend, right? And then building and having a relationship from it and learning from it. And the, it's trying to communicate to us something that is important to us. And so I think um, I think that, you know, the fact that you and I and pretty much every single person on this planet have around five uh, dreams a night and that we rarely even talk about it is representation of our current scientific culture where if it can't be quantified it can't be um, analyzed to the nth degree then it's thrown out as um random noise right yeah and there's still a lot of scientists today you know which is bizarre to me that thinks that dreams are just random noise that occurs when you're um you know sleeping for a quarter of your life if not more so yeah um, that's it's unbelievable to me as well you know it's just kind of like one of the strangest parts of our entire experience and to think that right. it's just all random. It's kind of like, you know, that's, that's yeah. almost trying to avoid looking deeper at the, uh, at the problem. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, you know, like um, more and more we're, we're receiving um, or becoming more open to in the scientific community to psychedelics and stuff and meditation being beneficial to the individual, but then deny, you know, this, um, this experience that we have every single night without any type of, um, you know, entheogen or anything like that uh, assistance. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, it's crazy that, you know, we have the most intense, uh, realistic, fully emotional, everything hallucinations at night and nobody even thinks of it twice. You know, it's like, what? Like, that's crazy, you know, to really yeah. think about that. Um, yeah, truly. So, so you, you mentioned how you, uh, you sort of became your own, uh, I could say maybe became your own professor of some sort or sort of designed your own coursework. Could you describe to me how that sort of evolved and, and where that began? Yeah. Uh, well, um, you know, I just really I went out and I was like trying to find somebody to mentor me on the subject. And um, this is before I kind of had uh, Ryan Hurd to kind of direct me a little bit. He, he wasn't like, you know, officially a mentor or anything like that. But um, so I went to school, you know, I wanted to study psychology. I specifically wanted to study sleep and dreams. And 
if anybody you know does that they're going to realize pretty quickly that there's not a lot of people out there that know anything about sleep and dreams even well recognized uh you know neuroscientists in sleep and um they're uh kind of hit or miss you know like uh and, and a lot of the topic is really complicated um uh, for somebody just getting into the the subject um so you know you're, you're if you're going from the scientific perspective you're going to run into like uh, neuro neurology neurotransmitters and things like that and uh, different theories on the subject and that can be uh, pretty overwhelming so anyways i was looking for a mentor i didn't really find anything but um the the chair of my school for psychology at the university i was at he's like well you know this teacher may want to do a directed study uh for that subject they they seem to be kind of interested in dreams you know it's sleep and so i was like okay so i talked to them and I just had a plan, you know, like a, like anything in life, if you have a plan that's kind of like well written out, you know, and has some direction to it, um, people generally kind of support you at that a little bit, you know, and oh, he was, yeah, and the teacher was very interested in the subject. He didn't know a lot about it. So really, you know, he was more interested in reading my papers and my and talking to me about my ideas that I had on these experiences that I've had. And also he was really interested in having lucid dreams too. So he was like, once you write your paper, you know, I want to, I want to get that, you know, so I can actually learn how to do it myself. And I'm like, That's okay. Awesome. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, yeah. It's learning without knowledge, right? It's kind of, right. um, yeah, it's learning uh, through experience, which is a huge thing. And, um, you know, and I continue to use that technique and practice throughout the rest of my life, essentially like, create my own path, you know, instead of like following these rigid um, ideas that other people have on the subject. I mean, I think that's really what you have to do in this kind of discipline. I mean, I, and I think we've seen, you know, uh, the parallel in the psychedelic community where it's, you know, if you're not forging your own path, you're never going to get that institutional acceptance. It's sort of, you kind of have to do that until you do. Um, and you have enough credibility and, and enough of a body of work to sort of stand on its own. And, and I, I respect that tremendously because, you know, it's, it's one, it's like just being a pioneer. It's, it's going out there and, and, you know, establishing what you want to do, knowing what you want to do uh, and doing it regardless of, you know, sort of what is going to be, you know, traditionally thought of as like a, you know, a safe or, you know, uh, secure kind of uh, position to put yourself in. So uh, I commend you for that, for sure. That is, oh, that is incredible. So, so what yeah, happened think, next? Uh, uh, well, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people have this idea, you know, including me as a younger person that I have to kind of appeal to an authority, you know, the authority is uh, the, the rigid educational system uh, to get to the degree. Right. And right. that somehow is going to really benefit me in some way. And um you know, college education did benefit me in the way that it took it took time and energy to sit there and read, you know, research articles and understand how to write a paper and things like that and convey ideas to other people. Um, but what I did realize uh, and continue to realize is that I'm really not doing this for other people. You know, I'm exploring a topic for myself because I want to understand it myself. And I think these topics, you know, these deep down, hard to understand topics extend past um, trying to get appreciation from other people or material gain from it. You know, I'm, I'm looking past that, you know, I believe that um, 
death isn't the end. So I think it's really important to build a relationship with myself and understand that relationship before I pass away um, because there's important things happening there. And I think dreams are one of those avenues that provide, um, at least for me, provide uh, that knowledge that I'm trying to get. So um, that's kind of, you know, what I've come to realize is the importance of the knowledge. You know, it's like knowledge isn't so much um, for other people. It's it's sometimes for yourself, right? And that's kind of where I've, I've been going. But um, after, you know, like a formal education in college, you know, I, uh, I, I did that for the military primarily because I wanted to be a pilot in the Navy. And so I went to flight school and kind of, uh, I started a podcast and stuff like that in the subject of psychedelics and dreams and stuff and um, did that for a while. But, you know, it, it was a lot of juggling these two worlds, you know, like the, the military is a very rigid structure type um, environment and, and there's not a lot of interest in uh, sleep primarily or dreams. Um, they pretty much deny you of sleep as much as they possibly can. And they're not interested in dreamers. You know, they're interested in people that listen to uh, higher ranking people and do what they tell them, you know. So, um, <laughs> so the, the two worlds clashing together was interesting. And um, from that, a lot of um, struggle came out of that, you know. And, and so, um, but it, it made a very heated experience in my dreams because they were constantly trying to communicate me to me the importance of that aspect as I was trying to kind of, in a way, deny it. Like I was saying, like uh, when we first started, um, you know, I spent a decent amount of time trying to just get away from dreams and the subject of that and just trying to be like, I'm not interested in that anymore. I don't want to do that. I'm trying to have a business, you know, or trying to make a living, you know, and get high ranking stuff like that and become this pilot thing. And essentially my dreams um, were just had enough, you know, and that's when I essentially started having uh, sleep paralysis and those type of experiences and, um, and, and visitations like we were talking about. So, um, Definitely, uh, if you're like a fan of like Rudolf Steiner's work or anything like that, there's like uh, initiation phases with like dream experiences and stuff. And without, you know, ever even reading any of his work prior to uh, those experiences, I, I started having those experiences. And, it, and they were so uh, profound and terrifying at their core that I had no choice but to acknowledge the, <laughs> the experience. I couldn't, it wasn't something I could easily just deny. So, um, you know, though, that's kind of, um, where it went, you know, and then eventually, um, uh, I had a dream experience where essentially, um, it told me that I needed to move on out of the military. Um, and I, I had to listen to it. It was very, uh, it was a big struggle, you know, changing careers after I'd been in for so long. And I was doing very well. And um, so getting, you know, switching from that to primarily doing my own thing was a big struggle and a big, um, big risk, you know, but um, I couldn't deny what the dream was telling me. And so I had to make those choices. And, um, you know, and I started my own blog and stuff like that to express my ideas through it, primarily just so I had a record of uh, my personal experiences and what I was thinking, because um, I noticed that even my dream journals, I'd go back um, years later and look at my dream journals and I'd find that I'd 
had forgotten pretty much everything that I experienced. And so I wrote a blog in order to actually have a history of my experiences and my thoughts. And I would go back to that and be like, wow, I can't believe, you know, I had these ideas back then. And I still do that today, even like, uh, I'll explore a subject and I'll be like, maybe I wrote about that or touched on that subject. And sure enough, you know, I have a whole article on the same thing. I'm like, wow, I can't believe I forgot that. So, um, and that was healing in a sense that it provided me, you know, a log and then also something to reflect on and kind of um, a foundation uh, of those experiences. You know, I was trying to make a foundation and, um, and then it took me in order, it took me to some personal realizations that I, I felt like I needed to share with other people about this journey of uh, like yours, you know, like your, your podcast, you know, it's, it's, it's a knowledge without um, other people telling me it's a knowledge without um, reading it in a book. It's a knowledge without going to school. It's a knowledge that comes from within, you know, a gnosis. And I really in that relationship to that knowledge. And so um, my book really is kind of based off of that. It's, it's about um, a lot of it's about, you know, how to have, how to have the experience, which is pretty much in any lucid dream book. Right. But where it goes beyond that is like, what to do with it after how to build that relationship how to really start to know yourself you know and so uh, i felt that that was lacking in the online community as well as like the the knowledge community right yeah and so i wanted to provide something that could maybe assist other people to get there i don't know myself fully or anything like that i don't uh, i don't think i'll ever get there but um, i'm on the journey to do so and the story that i have in the book is kind of to direct people to get to that same way as well, you know, like the journey forward versus like backwards, you know? Sure. And I think the backwards is like kind of quantifying and minimalizing it as much as you can, you know? So it kind of brings me to today, you know, I'm like, I uh, just got the book coming out and, um, and just personally exploring myself still, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a never ending process. And I, I, I mean, I got to ask you, and this question might be a little bit, you know, out there or might warrant a, you know, a response that, you know, is, is <laughs> hypothetical or something. Um, but one thing that you mentioned there uh, is listening to your dream to know that you had to leave the military. And I'll put it out there and say that I've had similar experiences, you know, let's say in an altered state uh, of one form or another, whereas you're getting this message that you simply cannot refuse. And it's something that's really perplexing to me in the sense that you describe it as coming from within uh, and, you know, sort of mixed with this idea of like visitation or some other entity, you know, it's like, is this a, is this truly like an individual experience or is this something, you know, when you're dreaming where you're opening up, you, you know, a new dimension of reality or something where there are other uh there's other beings of some sort, you know, I think I'm trying to, trying to walk this line without being too woo woo or anything, but uh, no. you know, it's like, is there, you know, in, and it's sort of like when you get a message like that, usually it's hard to tell yourself you're being stubborn. Right. Uh, so it's kind of like, where does that, where does that come from? Where's that energy come from? Where do you land on that, on that idea there of, of is it without or within? Yeah. So, um, I'm a um, introvert in the deepest sense of the Jungian uh, sense, a young made 
the concept of introvert and extrovert. And essentially, a lot of people get to that mixed up. Uh, introvert means that you find meaning from within yourself, right? And an extrovert means that you find meaning outside yourself. So you look around in the world and you're like, wow, beautiful mountain, beautiful tree, you know, and I find meaning in that or, you know, so on. But I find meaning from within. So don't take that as when I say within, it doesn't mean within my physical brain. Um, you know, I find meaning within as in my mind is infinitely deep, you know, and so is um, that relationship to the the greater universe. Um, so in that, you know, in that way, I don't think consciousness is located in neurons uh, for one. So um, that kind of implies that this is much bigger, you know, than um, just the material mesh of my brain or whatever. So do I, you know, in that sense, do I think these experiences are real? You know, absolutely. Do I think that they exist, you know, like that things exist in a dream experience that, um, that can visit you and, and relay information to you that's outside your, say, knowledge of uh, what's in your floating around your head or whatever? Absolutely. You know, what do those all things mean? I don't know. Um, I think that the, you know, the, the, there's a common like quote or whatever. I don't know who said it, but it's like, it's all in your mind, but you don't know how big your mind is, you know? And I think that's really true. One. It's a very introvert, you know, yeah. uh, way of saying like, you're infinitely deep, you know, and um, you could say the same thing, you know, in opposites, like uh, you expand out, you know, infinitely large. Right. And, um, and I, so, I, yeah, I think uh, there's a lot going on there in the dream experience with um, guides and stuff like that coming in and talking to you and giving you knowledge. Um, is it you? Is it not you? I don't know. You know, like, um, what do you mean by you? What do you mean by me? You know, et cetera. Yeah. So it's, it's a really, it's a really complicated um, thing, you know, and it, yeah. it comes down to using language that is, in our culture, right? Uh, we're trying to use Western um, materialist knowledge and words and then apply it to these experiences that don't really fit in those boxes, you know? Like, um, you know, we may define I as like my physical body, you know? But there's a lot more going on there, obviously, like, you know, bacterias and, um, you know, there's, there's even weird debates on like, do, do bacteria are they able to convey knowledge to us in some way, you know, like, and I'd say that's absolutely true because of the chemical, you know, scientists would say chemical uh, compounds of the bacteria, what they release drive our desires, you know, and drive um, the foods that we eat and the drinks that we drink, things like that. So, you know, it, it's, it's complicated, man. It's really yeah. complicated. Yeah. I, um, I can see where we hit a wall sort of trying to break down those things. You know, you even <laughs> mentioned, you know, reflecting on your own writings. It's an experience I have as well. I think anyone who's written for, you know, some time you look back and you're like, who is that guy? Yeah. You know, it's who like maybe that? enough of your cells replaced themselves since you uh, previously wrote that, that, you know, you're not really that guy anymore, but those words came out of your physical being in this, you know, in this yeah. timeline here i typed them out i guess at some point but yeah, yeah it's like um you know are the are those the words of other people that influence me are they what personality is that you know um those are just even psychological concepts you know it's like um 
but then you expand it out you're like maybe something else is like uh in a way channeling through me you know when i say something i've i've felt that way many times where i'm almost non not present anymore when i'm saying something and it seems like something else is almost like pushing itself through me expressing itself and it's like whoa what is that you know and most of the time people just you know ignore that but i think um one thing you know exploring dreams and altered states experiences and everything like that essentially makes you kind of turn around and say well what was that you know like uh that was weird you know and and i think most weird things the more comfortable you get with weird the more you're kind of okay asking those questions you know yes. like, that was really weird like why why did i do that you know what was that thing um and most people are uncomfortable doing that you know they they go well i was just whatever you know and then they, it's gone you know they don't want to identify with that um so it's it's you know at exploring these these topics really i think turn you around and look back in and you're like why did i do that why did i say that who is that thing you know saying this thing and and those those are some really hard questions you know um so yeah 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 it's um <laughs> Leaves us, <laughs> leaves us in an interesting spot. Like, what do we know about anything, right? Um, yeah, it does. No, well, I mean, tell me what, what, uh, like, where would you like to see this discipline in this study, in this, like, you know, sort of, let's say, like, universal knowledge base of sort of like where we're at as, you know, as Western people thinking about this stuff? Where would you like to see it go in the next 10, 15 years? Where, you know, do you have any, have you thought about like where this, you know, these ideas and maybe more people thinking along these lines and more people trying to reflect on their dreams? Have you thought about how that might uh, affect sort of the, the discipline as a whole in, in some time? Yeah. Um, well, I, I really think science is important um, for one because, you know, like airplanes fly because of mathematics, right? And physics and science, right? Yep. So that really does a good job there. Um, where it doesn't do such a great job is like understanding the human experience and like what's really going on here. Um, but I think science and um, this other, you know, discipline, I don't know what you'd call it, you know, could meet together and um, benefit each other. You know, there's a, there's a lot of anti-science in the, the spiritual community and there's a yeah. lot of anti-spiritual in the, in the scientific community. And I would really, like to see them come together and and they, i think they are more than before and come together and kind of mesh together and try to like explore these subjects from different perspectives to see what appears you know take, take and, Neuralink for instance i'm not sure if you saw the most recent thing with Neuralink, where the pong playing monkey like it's kind of one of those things it's kind of uh to, to think about moving uh, some pixels on a screen with your mind is like, sounds absolutely impossible, but the way that they've been able to do it seems quite simple. And maybe there's uh, some application there for interpreting dreams. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of, I, I've, I've seen recent stuff where they're recording images uh, of people's um, imagination, you know, like they'll imagine something or see something and then it will kind of start to generate a picture or something like that. And I think that's cool and all, but um and, but I think it really is getting away from the the subject, you know, like, I think in, in science, exploring these subjects, they'll come, eventually, it may take a long time, but they'll come to a realization that 
um, consciousness is non-local, you know, and that they're kind of going around it in a weird way, you know, like uh, the neural link thing is interesting because um, it's kind of grasping on this idea that like you can make a superhuman, you know, essentially you can uh, cause them to learn things quickly and, you know, uh, solve depression and stuff because we'll just change like a chemical or a series of neurons and stuff like that. And then suddenly people are no longer depressed. Right. Um, but I think that's kind of laughable in the sense that, you know, I don't really believe that that's where the source of depression is, isn't, isn't a chemical reaction in the brain. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a psychological, uh, spiritual, uh, problem, you know, that the person's going through and to even solve that for them, you know, to try to, I think that's also, um, going in about a wrong direction because i think that people experience things uh because they're kind of supposed to you know i think um there's some predetermination to all this stuff that's happening to everybody um and some of it's very traumatic and horrible you know like um and and it's honorable i think to try to go out and help your fellow person you know and you're like i i, I don't want you suffering so i want to help you you know um but the suffrage that that person's feeling may lead to benefits in the future for them, um, or it may be a process that we don't fully understand, you know? And so like trying to change a person to be a specific way or something like that, the, the normal fit, right? I don't think that's um, very uh, supportive to their experience that they're having right now, right? And their journey to, um, to know themselves, right? Yeah. And so I think science kind of is going in a weird way, but through that, they may realize some of these um, fundamental things that have been conveyed through for thousands of years about um, our relationship to the universe, you know, and what that really means and what spirituality actually is, you know, they may make a science eventually someday, but it, I think, you know, the directions that they're going almost uh, inverted, you know, they're like away from each other in in a lot of sense and um they don't really mesh very well often and it's kind of like uh you know water and oil almost you know true yeah. if you can mix them together then maybe maybe it'd be pretty cool but um you know they they kind of just don't mesh very well i don't think yeah it's like their so fundamental I, I would, properties repel them yeah yeah so i i would hope that you know um science would become to recognize some of these experiences more just their like their monetary value to people and things like that um you know or solving depression and stuff like that so um that's my hope i i i don't know what i'd see um things going in the in the future you know 10 years from now or anything like that um in this subject and i'm not really interested in that i guess um i'm more interested in the individuals you know person that um has a passion for this thing a calling for this thing because that's like their their path you know and that was my is my path you know it's like i need to uh, i'll put it in this way like i think a lot of people are very interested in solving the world's problems you know and that's very telling of themselves too you know um before they solve their own problems they want to solve other people's and, and they know best about the world around them right yeah and i think that's a, a very big error in logic right um, you can turn around and start looking in yourself and you can find more than enough stuff to, to fix before you start fixing other people's stuff, you know? Totally. And, uh, and one of the best ways to change other people is to 
make huge improvements in yourself and watch other people be like, wow, like, how did you do that? And then they want to do the same thing as you did. So, um, you know, I think that's the best way to change others is change yourself. And I think we have plenty of work to do on ourselves. So I would hope, you know, in the future, you know, that people would actually start instead of looking out, you know, to the world and seeing all the mess that uh, is around them, they start looking internal and they see all the mess that's in there and, and start making improvements and listening to themselves and their dreams. And I think dreams are one of the best ways to do that. Why, why do you think dreams are one of the best ways to do that? Uh, because dreams know us better than we seem to know ourselves. So um, for good and bad, so they can easily easily drive us insane or they can give us the most um you know ex best experience you could call it you know the most fun and and beautiful experiences that you could possibly imagine in you know and sometimes in a single night you can have both those so um dreams i think uh for most people are um completely one-sided you know the dreams talking to you and you just happen to be a character walking around and having that you know and then you wake up and you're like wow that was weird and then you go on throughout your day but um if you took the time and bring awareness into a dream you can start interacting with the dream experience and getting feedback and things like that so i i would just imagine like the most um amazing mentor knowledgeable individual that you could ever have in your entire life that knows you since you were baby to uh the grown adult you are and um obviously this person doesn't exist you know besides maybe a parent but even parents don't know you that intimately and and you know this mentor knows all your desires all the way down to like anything that you've ever thought of right and to be able to listen to that person um, trying to hopefully better you, you know, in some way, I think that's incredibly powerful. You're talking about knowledge without uh, college, you know, or formal education. It's like, there's your knowledge right there. You know, the, the mentor is available 24 seven, essentially you just, or at least a quarter of your life, you know, and you can just, uh, you can ask it anything you want, you know, and they'll yeah. be an open book. So, um, not an open book, but encrypted book sometimes, but <laughs> the, sure. I think it's there. What I mean, I guess uh, one thought that came from that is just thinking, what, what do you say to somebody who maybe feels like that mentor inside them is malevolent? You know, they, they, you know, like, let's say, you know, they're, you're getting that urge to leave the Navy and someone's resisting that urge. They're resisting that they feel like that's a, a destructive force in their life or something like that. Maybe they're not seeing that as a positive or not able to realize that that's what their deeper desire is. Where do you, you know, what do you, what do you say to someone who's yeah. sort of feeling like that's a, it's a negative force? Yeah, that's a good uh, question. Um, well, I just, I can only speak from my experience, you know, and I can tell you that um, when I had my dream to get out of the military, essentially, um, you know, it wasn't an easy thing that happened to me. It was my initial reaction was like, I don't want that to happen. You know, this is my livelihood. Um, and, but deep down inside, you know, I, I felt like I needed to do that, obviously, you know, otherwise I probably yeah. not have that dream. Um, but, you know, to, 
the desire to not want to change is normal, I think, too, you know, and it's, it can be very traumatic, too, and, and dream experiences to um, have, I mean, not everything in a dream makes sense, you know, um, yeah. I've had dreams that are totally horrifically weird, you know, and I'm like, what was that about? Like, it doesn't seem to be any good that can come out of that, you know? Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? How did I even have that idea in my head? You know, like, again, who is that? You know, mm-hmm. but, um, in, in, a, in, in seeing those dreams, um, I realized, you know, that I'm not, um, it was to me, it was, uh, you know, the horrific dreams are conveying a message to me of my, my evilness or darkness inside, you know, I'm not evil, but darkness inside myself that still exists, you know, and that I'm not perfect and that there's, there's things that I need to, uh, face, you know, and come in contact with and be like, wow, you know, like you are capable of some horrific things and the, and also the amazement that I don't express those things, you know, too. It's like, um, you know, we're kind of wild animals in a sense, you know, we're, most of us are meat eaters or something like that. You know, we kill to survive and it's, and we're aggressive predators. And it's like, um, today's world, we don't really come in contact with that so much, you know, and, but it's still in us, you know, and to really, um, to really face that and kind of like interact with that idea. I think it's healing, you know, to understand where you're at. Uh, I think a lot of people deny who they are, you know, and, uh, they like to think themselves as a good person and all stuff too. Right. But any goodness has darkness to it as well. And you have to identify these two things, you know, um, we're more well-rounded than we think we are, you know, and, uh, with that comes a lot of, uh, some negative, what we call negative. Right. Um, so just part of the bigger, the whole picture, right? Yeah. So I think like what dreams are doing, you know, is allowing you to see kind of like your blind spots and to identify with those things and again it goes to like knowing thyself right and like really knowing yourself and having a relationship with yourself and what that means and um yeah, that's going to be a str- struggle because um you're going to find some bad stuff and you're going to find some good stuff and that's really like hu- what humans are you know we're not like yeah. one-sided so um and also like realizing there's a battle that's taking place inside of um our minds, you know, and yeah. a positive and negative battle and where we kind of sit there, you know, um, I think that, you know, it makes a well, a better well-rounded person to really understand like, um, that you're not perfect, you know? So. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, I think that's I a great so. answer to a really hard question. So, um, <laughs> Well, Lee, man, I, I can ask you questions all day. This has been enlightening and, and uh, very interesting. I definitely have some takeaways here that I'm going to be pondering for quite a while. Um, I wish you the best of luck with your book and, and future ventures. I'm really excited to see what you continue to produce. Could you, do you have any, before we wrap up, any final words of advice or, or asks or requests or anything you'd like to leave with the audience? Yeah, as I would say, you know, um, I would encourage people to read my book, not because I'm going to make money off or anything like that, but, but because I really asked those hard questions, um, in there, it's a short book and, but I asked hard questions in a short period of time to really make somebody ponder, um, these things to open them up to something that they maybe 
haven't really thought of or experienced before. And I think these um, doorways that will be opened if you read the content of the book will benefit you uh, throughout your life to make you a more well-rounded person and also um, really bring you to understand your relationship to what spiritualism and uh, religion and um, mythology really means and I think it'll take you further than just the book you know like it's not something that you're just going to put down I don't think um, after you read it it's going to be in your mind forever and um, and that's really why I wrote the book is to try to help other people to get to maybe a similar path that I'm on you know or to recognize that path and not have to struggle with it so much you know like we talked about uh, the struggle on helping out your fellow person and it's like that's really where um that book came from. And, and I think that, you know, um, the more that people engage with their dreams, the more they'll learn about themselves, not only themselves, but also the relationship to other people and what that means and how really crazy this, this experience is, you know, it's not, it's not just here. It's like, it's really crazy to think about these things. And, um, and so I encourage people to do that. And, you know, I encourage people to, um, you know, the, the best thing I could say is probably to have patience with themselves, you know, to, to really make it okay to ask these questions, um, ask why, you know, and, um, and make it okay to gain knowledge without um, looking to other people for the answers or looking to a book for the answers all the time or looking to their college professor for the answer to kind of, you know, blaze their own path, like you're saying, and, um, and, and try to keep it safe, you know, at the same time, but blaze your own path and really kind of make your own way because you're already on, I think your own path, you know, so you might as well embrace it a little bit. Absolutely. Lee, I couldn't <laughs> agree more. And I thank you for that answer. Thank you for your wisdom today. And um, I really, I'm dying to read your book. I, I hope everyone else uh, listening to this checks it out as well. It sounds like it's going to be a real, uh, real work of art. Great. Appreciate it, man. Well, Lee, thank you again for joining us today and, uh, and hope to have you on again sometime. That was great. Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please hit the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at KWC pod on Instagram at knowledge without college podcast. You can find me Patrick Butler at Patrick Butler zero zero on Instagram and Twitter. I encourage you to send over any feedback you have. If there's any guests you'd like to hear on the show, any topics you'd want to hear discussed. I want to know about it. I want to hear your feedback and opinions. So please Help me make this a better experience for you. And I look forward to hearing from you. Have an excellent day and thanks for listening.